and we're back. It is six pack lapping at, and we got the strength guys back. I'll let you guys introduce yourselves. Uh, Jason Trombley, I'm the owner and co-founder at Strength Guys. Uh, I've done the scouting for CT Nationals, both men's and women's, here with uh, one of our athletes, actually, uh, Gabriel Alt, who is one of the Quebec team uh, provincial coaches this year. Gabriel, I'll allow you to introduce yourself. Oh yeah, Gabriel Obey, uh, coach for SCH Power Gym and also by the main coach for Team Quebec lifters this year at nationals and we are profiling the canadian nationals we did the men's and we got some showdowns um in the women's we also and and there's one omission canada's i don't want to say golden girl i don't know if you guys are old enough to remember the golden girls tv show but uh canada's ah fuck it golden girl maria t is not here she's the current World champion in the 57 kilo class, um, Canada's first open world champion, and she got the invite for the big SBD Invitational, so she's not going to be at the Nationals, it's obviously far too close, those two competitions. Do we know how it's going to work for her in terms of eligibility to go to the world championships now that she's not going to be at Nationals? Have, have either of you gentlemen heard? I'm assuming they're going to let her go. Unless there's some exception made, it was my understanding that you have to be a national champion or you wow. have to be selected from nationals. Isn't that crazy? Team. Isn't that crazy, though? They're going to, I mean. Marina doing the SPT Invitational, so, uh, which is later this month. So perhaps you can understand uh, maybe a little bit why she's decided uh, I'm going to aim for this this year. It, the, thing, the, the thing um, is, if I may, I'm, I'm a little. I don't know why the, the CPU, the Canadian National Federation, doesn't do something for an athlete who wins the Worlds, obviously has to go to the SBD Invitational. That's crazy to deny that. But then to be like, all right, cool, but you're not going to make our national team. We're not going to have any inroads to make the national team. You just can't go to Worlds. You're the first open women's world champion ever. You're, you're representing Canada at the SBD Invitational. You're the only one representing Canada at the SBD Invitational. And you're the first to win the Worlds, and yet, yeah, too bad. Uh, I have a pretty good guess about this. Um, last year at Worlds, the, like the girls have seven weight class, right? And uh, at Worlds for juniors lifter, uh, they, left, uh, they have eight spots for seven class. So I'm guessing this, this is what's going to be uh, available for open lifter as well. So that would make sense. So they could let, uh, like, Mario Tief, uh, like, for a, a world spot. Yeah, I mean, you know, I hope so. Because I have to say, uh, even though I, I coach quite a few Americans, nothing makes my heart happier as a Canadian, unless uh, your name is Taylor Atwood or Eli Burks, uh, to see Canadian knock off an American at the World Championship. <laughs> oh, wow. So, Oh, damn, Jason, you threw that out there, my man. We got a lot of American listeners, easy now. But honestly, you I'm not saying bump whoever wins the 57 kilo at the Nationals because, I mean, you win the Nationals, you deserve your spot. But I think like Gabe was saying, if there's a way of, of sending both, if there's an extra, you know, seven-way classes, eight members on the team, that eighth has got to go to Maria. If it's not... If it's not, man, come on. What are we talking about? This is this is crazy. Yeah. Is that is that not like 
I think we're all in the greens here. We'll see how it plays out. I might even reach out to Marie to ask her. But I'm, I'm, I, I believe other nations operate in this way. I don't know how many times Brett Orhe has lifted at the New Zealand Nationals, but I'm pretty sure at one point he said like he hadn't lifted at New Zealand Nationals in years. They just, they'll, but they'll keep sending him. He'll he'll lift at the Oceania, which is international. He'll lift at Commonwealth Championships, which is international. My man basically only lifts on an international level. But if you got a star like this, and they're representing your nation at an international level like that, and what he's doing, Brett Gibbs is doing for, for instance, New Zealand, and the powerlifting scene in New Zealand, I mean, you're crazy if you don't think when your nation has stars that it doesn't help the sport grow in your nation. The best way for I mean, any sport, when they're trying to infiltrate a city or a market, they want stars. They want people that, hey, you here, you got to be winning. If you're, if you're a team, if you're the NHL going into a, a new city, there's nothing like bringing in the people like winning. So if you've got somebody winning and they're representing your nation, man, you don't, don't shackle them down. You got to let them fly, you know, so and give them every opportunity possible. Not necessarily yeah. bend over backwards, but. Even with all that said, uh, what an excellent year for uh, women's powerlifting here in Canada with uh, Maria T taking home our uh, first women's world championship. Uh, Jessica Bittner giving Kim Walford all that she could handle in the 72 kilo class at Worlds. And then also the uh, championship winning performance by Rhea Stim uh, and the World Games uh, Athlete of the Month campaign that was all over social media last month. So. Excellent year for uh, women's powerlifting here in Canada and uh, very much excited to see uh, how it's taken a step forward this year at our nationals in Winnipeg. 100%. Yeah, we got some strong ladies. I think with no further ado, let's take it up. 47 kilos. And what are we looking at here, gentlemen? Uh, Simon Lai. Uh, she's finished third at Worlds, so she's looking to take this one. Um, she has international experience, so with her current available totals, uh, she's already 30 kilo over. So I think the act for her, she has a big deadlifts. Both of them do, but she also has a big squat and bench. National record bench, if I'm not mistaken. So is she the current, so she took a silver at world, or sorry, a bronze at worlds? Yeah. I mean, that's looking... Yeah. She's a world-class lifter, number three in the world, number one in Canada. And when you're talking 30-some-odd kilos at that body weight, that's a, a massive yeah. jump. She's, yeah. you know, Needy Vashi's going to need a pretty big shake-up for something to happen. Um, not that, I mean, this is sports. We've seen some big shake-ups. Nobody's untouchable, but that seems like a fairly decent prediction for, for the one-two. How about the 52 kilos? What are we looking at? Um, so, looking at the results, uh, Monica did got the showdown against uh, Jonah Rammer. But uh, this year, which, what is interesting is Jonah is uh, injured. So, she has some kind of hips or back injury. And um, she's still, uh, I've seen her squat and deadlift during her prep, but not something that would be able to challenge Monica Dip. So, Monica Dip, I think, is like, Taking this one home, she has like the full package, big squat, decent bench, crazy deadlift. Uh, she has posted um, 
412.5 kilo total at a light uh, 57 at provincial. So uh, last year she has posted around 400 at both nationals and worlds. Uh, she finished fourth at worlds, so it's um, she's really world class level. And I think this year she's taking a bill home. Yeah, and, and we could also see a, an interesting battle take place here between the current national record holder in the slot, Stephanie Keane, and uh, Monica Dip, who as a light 57 kilo lifter at Ontario Provincials, uh, posted a 150 kilo squat, which is six and a half kilos over the national record in that weight class. So could be interesting to see how that transpires. But uh, for my money, I would say uh, Monica Dip is, is the favorite for this weight class. Yeah, especially if she's ranked fourth in the world. I mean, that's a world-class lifter right there. And it's almost yeah. a bit of a preview with um, Simone and Monica both being top five in the world, possible podium finishes in Belarus. We'll have to see when we get there, but I like a little bit of a look ahead where these are world-class lifters. So if they're yeah. the ones going forward, we like our chances on the world stage. Let's take yeah. a look at... Sorry, go ahead. These are, these are classes where Canada over the past two years has done really well on them at Worlds. Uh, so hopefully our winners uh, are continuing to progress and they can continue to to represent us well uh, on the international stage. 57 kilo. Now, we already said a little bit, look at Marie T is not here. The door swings wide open now for some of these young ladies to step up. The queen is, that's it. The queen is stepping down, if only at the national level. She's still queen of the world. But in the 57 kilo class opens up and somebody's going to punch her ticket to go to Belarus. What are we looking okay. at here, gentlemen? Team, team, the strength guys is looking to walk right through that door. <laughs> we have uh, Nikola Pavlikaniti in her first nationals as a 57 kilo lifter, um, who was nominated first with a uh, 405 kilo total based on Ontario Provincials. Uh, nominated in second is Tetsumos Jordanos, who uh, placed second to Nicola at Ontario Provincials with a 385 kilo total. And nominated in third is Cassandra Ward with a 357 and a half kilo total. Um, Nicola is, is one of those lifters who was, uh, she's representing Canada at the, uh, both in Colleen and in Belarus as a junior 52 kilo lifter. She took home silver in Belarus. Uh, last year, she competed as a 52 kilo open lifter in her first year's opens. And Nicola is one of those lifters who uh, the weight cut really seemed to, to hit her hard. And so when her and her coach, uh, Alfred John, made the decision to move up the weight class, uh, Nicola's lifting has taken off ever since. Uh, she's added significant amounts to all of her lifts, squat, bench press, and deadlift. And uh, really excited for Nicola. Uh, I think it's going to be a great competition for her. And uh, she's, she's my pick to, to take home the win. And also a little tidbit on Nicola. We had her on the podcast previously. She was doing work in Africa where she's bringing powerlifting to, to these communities. And like has some, cr if you follow her on Instagram, um, 
Yeah, she, I forget the name. Do you remember the name of that program she's so, running? Yeah, so uh, Nicola is our, she's our community development person here at the Strength Guys. And uh, in addition to the Lift for Life Worldwide, that's right, uh, nonprofit organization which she runs with John Downing, uh, where it's so cool. Like they're, they're building training centers. They're uh, employing the local economy in uh, marginalized communities in Zimbabwe. And uh, they're also expanding into neighboring countries in Africa. Um, we're through our Coaching for a Cause program, the, the Strength Guys, uh, a percentage of our athlete needs each month goes to uh, provide junior lifters who are excelling in competition in those areas with scholarships so that they can make their way through school uh, and get a, a higher education and hopefully, um, you know, better their quality of life in that way. So Nicola is doing that project with Lift for Life Worldwide. Uh, she recently had Kimberly Walford out with her on an outreach trip this past summer where Kim Walford got to connect with the local lifting community that Lift for Life started uh, outside of Ferrari, Zimbabwe, uh, and got the, you know, these, these uh, young lifters got the lessons from the, the female goat of powerlifting, which how cool is that? Yeah. And recently, Nicola, along with Brandon Roberts of our group, started, uh, I believe it's one of the first women's powerlifting coaching groups uh, out there. It's our sister company. It's called the Strength Gals. Uh, we wanted to make sure that we were giving uh, female coaches the opportunity to excel within our group. And so we've hired uh, two coaches recently uh, in Vanessa Gale and Alyssa Hartman. Um, we're so excited about that. So in addition to her, um, you know, her platform performances, which is significant, um, Nicola is also a person who is making a, a great, great mark for powerlifting uh, internationally and for uh, women as well. Yeah, she's literally like a, she's outreaching and spreading powerlifting across the world and using it to better lives. I mean, gets no better than that. And if she becomes Canada's champion and our representative on the world championships, it gets, it gets no greater an ambassador, you know, someone like that. I had her on the podcast Super intelligent young lady. Um, so, yeah, I mean, honestly, all favoritism aside, I know she's one of your athletes, but her chances are good going in. She's got a 20-kilo advantage, which at that weight, when you're talking about percentage-wise, 20 kilos is not like when you're 120. 20 kilos is nothing. It's tight. It's it, Where that's tight, this is a decent spread, and she should be the favorite going into these Canadian Nationals. But the proof is in the pudding, and we're going to see. Training has been going well for her, though. You are right. It is a great advantage when you're moving up a weight class, and all of a sudden, you don't have to worry about like macros, dieting, possible water cut. What you're hitting in the gym is more likely to be hit on the platform that way. When, when, when you don't have to cut, especially if you get to eat into your competition. You feel stronger. Your recovery is up. And, and the, the anxiety of, well, I hit this in the gym, but God, like, it's, it's almost like a crapshoot what's going to happen to you when you're doing a water cut if it's a sizable water cut. It can go either way. I've seen it both ways. So. And, and you know what? Like, there's, there's two sides to it where uh, some, a very elite few are able to cut weight for competitions 
and be relatively unaffected by it. But the majority of the lifters I've seen and I've coached, you know, those weight cuts can hit you hard, uh, whether they're it's the stress and anxiety of a, even if it's a two to three kilo weight cut, uh, or it's the depletion of energy that you're dealing with, whether that's mental, whether that's physical, um, it can it can impact performance in a in a negative way, and I think that's a you know removing that variable from the equation sets athletes up for success uh, when it's like this unexplained drop off in performance. And I, I think the other side of it is simply being able to, to grow into a new weight class, especially with someone like Nicola, who's still a younger and newer lifter. Uh, you're able to, to be in a caloric surplus now, get enough protein in, build muscle, uh, have more contractile proteins to help you to uh, lift more weight. And that's the, that's the very basic science of strength right mm. there. So, um, for athletes who are in those situations, it's, you know, situations like Nicola and, and also with Rob Ali, an athlete we had in the States who moved up to the 93 kilo class, you just see instant gain in performance now that they're not cutting weight. And uh, I think those are two really big variables that need to be considered. Rob Ali, how tall is he? He's like 5'5", five, 5'6", five, five, no? Five six, five six. My man, I I love how you you fight for every inch. When you're like five 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 six, you do not short a man an inch. Um, but ninety three <laughs> kilo, he is. That is a huge. That's a big five 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 six gentleman. Like you, you got it. Like how is he a full ninety three kilo now, or is he still growing into it? No, he's Rob's growing into it. Okay, Rob's growing into it. Yeah. So was eighty three? Was eighty three a tough cut? Um. We, we were experiencing this performance drop-off at any meet which we had done with them, and it was hard to explain what it was, but three weeks out from the meet, he just said, we're not going to cut weight, and all of a sudden, he, he did exactly what we thought he was going to do in training, mm. and it looked like, well, there it is, you know, so that was exciting for us. Hmm. Yeah, it's, one, it's a tough decision because the powerlifting weight classes are, they're such huge divides. Like the gap between one weight class to the other, 22 pounds, 10 kilos, is monstrous. It's not as simple as, I know, like in other weight class, in other sports, sorry, when, when the weight classes are tighter, it is like, look, if this is a tough weight class for you to make, I'll just move up. But like people, I'm a big UFC fan. Anyone who listens knows this. And they their jumps 155 to 170, 170 to 185 pounds. Fifth, they complain about 15 pound jumps in weight classes. It's too much. They should have every 10 pounds. I mean, we got every 22 pounds as a weight class. You want to go up a weight class, 22 pounds is a different human being. You, you, you don't just, like, you can go from being, I feel like shit, but I can make my weight class, to I go up a weight class and I'm so much smaller, I'm not competitive. And we already yeah. talked about last episodes, diminishing gains, where um, you can put on body size. And yes, you will lift a little more, but there is a diminishing returns on that. To a certain extent... It becomes, look at, I put on a pound of body size and I get a pound on my, or a kilo, or whatever, if we're talking freedom units and that. I put on a kilo body size and I get a kilo on my total. That's not, that's not a good one-for-one rate. You don't want a one-to-one ratio like that. You're not winning championships going up. So for a lot of people, it's tough, man. Uh, honestly, it's a conversation where how might powerlifting history look if we had 
a weight class every five kilo. Some people who are not competitive, not because they're not strong, but because their natural optimal lifting weight rests right in the middle of a weight class. So they're either, either too undersized for the one up or they kill themselves for the one down. How might powerlifting history change? You know, this is obviously, I don't want to go off on off track here. We could do a whole episode on that, but it's true. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, man, you are almost lucky if you are just a, a nice, comfortable water cut away from a weight class. But yeah. sometimes, you know, so, uh, individual like Nicola or Rob Ali are like, look, and I'm making the plunge and it could go either way for you. You might turn into an also ran or you might turn into, you know, the number one, number one contender in your, in your nation and going to the world championship. Yeah, I, I mean, that best case scenario, but for us as coaches, like we're just looking at uh, IPF points and uh, if we're able to go up a weight class, what's happening to our score? And for for athletes like Nicola and Rob Ali, we saw IPF points increases in their first uh, first meet in a new weight class. And so that's when we know right away, we're like, okay, like we gained weight, but we relatively got stronger according yeah. to our points. This is this is the right decision. Yeah. And, and we're going with that. Um, and we actually saw those IPF point improvements faster than we thought that we would uh, with both of them. So it was like an instant uh, spurt in progress, which was nice to have. Yeah, yeah. All right, so moving into the 63 kilos, the Battle of the Teresas. <laughs> so uh, I will be in the in the corner of Teresa Parsons, uh, Alberta's lifter. Uh, both Teresas lifted for Team Canada at the World Championships. Uh, Teresa Young is uh, an interesting case because Teresa Young uh, lifted as a 57 kilo lifter for Team Canada at Worlds. Uh, and then she is nominated based on her 72 kilo total uh, from Ontario Provincials. So we have a lifter who has competed 57 kilo within the last eight months and also is a 72 kilo competitor. Now she's going to meet it in the middle uh, and, and lift in the 63 kilo division. Um, I'm Teresa Parsons coach along with Ben Esgro. Uh, worked with Teresa for the past two years. Teresa Parsons uh, placed top five for Canada. She placed in fifth in an insanely competitive uh, 63 kilo class at Worlds. Uh, and now we'll have the 57 kilo Team Canada lifter and the 63 kilo Team Canada lifter. Uh, squaring off for uh, the national championship here. Um, and I, I'd be remiss if I also didn't uh, mention Leah Mamane, uh, a really pr promising young lifter from uh, Quebec as well, who gave us a, uh, a run for our money uh, last year at nationals when we were battling for second place. So I don't want to offer any predictions. I'll just say that uh, Teresa Parsons' training has been going really well. Uh, and we're we're looking forward to our next meet with uh, Teresa Parsons. She's such an awesome lifter to uh, work with and to get behind. And uh, really, her and Nicola have uh, been an integral part of growing our strength gals community here at Strength Guys. Yeah, Teresa Young is a bit. It's it's makes it tough for scouting when within like a you know a half a year somebody's 57 kilos, 72 kilo, but now not lifting in either one of those divisions. Yeah. So it's kind of like every, you know, the most recent data you will collect on her 
And and earlier on, obviously, when she went to fi- Worlds as a 57, she was a 57 at the last national. So it's hard to collect the data. Like you said, it's kind of like, look at man, I see your 57 numbers. I see your 72 numbers. I'm not entirely sure what to expect the 63. Sometimes you split the difference and go in the middle, but we know it doesn't, we just kind of discussed, it doesn't always end off like that. It's not always, you know, as clear cut because sometimes a weight cut affects different people differently. The drop off can be drastic or the drop off can be almost nothing. Uh, so it's, and she wasn't a full 72. She just decided not to do any cutting, et cetera. It's not like she was a full 72, I don't believe. So, you know, it, it, it's not as drastic there, but it does somewhat skew the numbers and make it a little more difficult to scout her and, excuse me, anticipate. It is yeah. going to be close. It is going to be extremely close. This is going to be a neck and neck. Now, who's got the bigger deadlift, historically speaking? Because you know, when it comes down to these super tight races, I like to lean on the deadlift. So, Teresa Parsons has both the uh, historically higher deadlift and the lot number uh, advantage in this competition. Uh, so, for us, those are, are two things which are uh, we are definitely considering uh, when doing our scouting and, and preparations for this meet. Well, I mean, and explain to people the lot number advantage. You have a disadvantage when it comes to weighing in, if it's a disadvantage, uh, because I don't. it depends on how much water you're cutting, etc. It may or may not come into play, but yeah. you could have conceivably longer to rehydrate, etc., um, depending on your lot number. However, the game switches when it comes time to the platform. Um, all things being even, you get to lift after the other competitor. So, I mean, when it comes to me, Look, in terms of rehydrating, it's important, but the, the quote-unquote advantage of an extra five minutes rehydration in terms of lot number, not a big deal. I would trade that any day for being able to lift after you if we're both pulling the same weight. Any day I would take that advantage. Yeah, if you have the lot number advantage uh, and you've submitted the same weight as your competitor, you get to watch them do it first. and. Yeah. When you're looking at the the final deadlift and the two attempt changes that you get, that's that's really valuable stuff. Yeah. You know? um, and and that's where the game begins in powerlifting, where you can get uh, depending on the the lot number and body weight advantage scenarios, you can get uh, good coaches submitting in blocks. Uh, you could get the competitor without the advantage trying to overextend the competitor uh, with the advantage. Uh, by changing their deadlifts around. Um, so that's really where the strategy begins in powerlifting. And uh, it's uh, it's an exciting part of our sport, and that's, that's game day handling. And, and we saw that with the 84-kilo uh, world championship between Amanda and Daniela, right? You see how uh, body weight advantage and, and lot number uh, scenarios and how those deadlift attempt changes are managed you see how they can impact the final result. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's important stuff, and it's stuff that we as coaches have to be aware of. And, you know, you can't just sit back and say, this is what we're going to do. We're not going to give a rat's ass about what the competitor's lifting or what they're submitting. Like, you've got to pay attention to the board and be situationally aware. Yeah. I mean, it's it's 
that's just it. When you start collecting these advantages and start adding up for you, you, you throw in lot number, you throw in body weight, you throw in chips. If there's any national records, if it's on the national level or world records, if it's on the world level and things start really opening up, it's, it turns into a lot of extra variables than just who's the strongest. And to be able to, and for anyone listening, I should add, when Jason was talking there, you could change your final deadlift twice. So you can have a placeholder deadlift. If you have lot number advantage, meaning I put in a lift, you put in a lift, the exact same, you have to go before me. So if we're putting placeholders, you have to blink first. If we're both putting in 400 kilo last deadlift, and we both know 400 kilos not in the cards, you better blink first. Because if I'm in the lead, for instance, in this make-believe scenario, if I'm ahead of you on, on the total so far, you got to blink. Otherwise, we both just scratch our last deadlift and we shake hands and thank you very much, I win. I can't remember exactly the Daniela Mello, Amanda Lawrence um, scenario, but it was interesting. And, you know, for those who don't necessarily know strategy when they're watching, I mean, there's a lot at play in the background. You know, when you know the rules and you start – anticipating going second really does have a very big advantage on that. So having that, it's going to be interesting to see how it shakes up. I didn't know that the lot numbers were already released. I didn't know. Yeah. I wasn't even aware, but um, wow. Well, we'll see what happens with the weigh-in, who weighs in a little more. Because when, like, if you ask me, in terms of like the flip-flopping with the lot numbers, when it's like, hey, look it, you get to weigh in sooner, but it could be five minutes sooner. So you get to rehydrate an extra five minutes. Well, thanks. That's really not going to do too much. You also have to lift first if we put it on the same weight. Man, it is always who has ever got that lot number. You get to, like, later law and lot number that you get to lift later is always going to have that advantage every time. And a little-known tidbit, actually. um, I was talking to my friend, uh, Jason Manninkoff, and we were uh, discussing just game day strategy and game day coaching Jason Manikoff is a, a bench press uh, only competitor for the USA, and um, at Bench Press uh, World, him and Brandon Maddox weighed in at the exact same uh, weight as one another to the hundredth of a gram. So there was no <laughs> difference. And had they uh, finished their third attempts with the exact same weight? The person with the lot number disadvantage is actually in the better scenario because the person who would finish first, who would hit the, the winning lift first, would win that competition. Oh, uh, shit. Is that how it works? I, I didn't a, know a that. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't know that because I've literally never seen that. I mean, that is the odds of that happening is like getting struck by lightning. Man, You weigh the exact same to the 100th. I mean, and then you and then you finish off the exact same with your last lift, and then it comes down to lot number. So yeah, if you weighed in first, you quote unquote ordinarily would have a lot number disadvantage, but that'd be the only scenario. Yeah, so it's a it's a really interesting like no kidding little permutation in there, um, and that like I almost I'll never. It, but it's 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 interesting nonetheless and important to be aware of. Yeah, well, sort of. You could be forgiven if you're not aware of that. It's probably, like, did it even happen then? That could have happened if they both hit the third. Did they both hit their thirds? Uh, no. The, okay. the meet didn't transpire that way. But, like, going into the meet, they were projected to be pretty close. That's so crazy, like, man. If it ever happens, that's nuts. So. It's it, decently probable. Yeah, it's probable. 
Um, so yeah, so obviously I see where you guys you guys are going to be back in Parsons in terms of this. Um, you do have some advantages. Obviously, if you got lot number as well as the bigger dead, it helps. And, and but it is going to be a tight battle and probably one of the better battles in terms of the women's. Um, and in saying that, I mean Leah, if someone starts missing lifts, Leah has an opportunity like the like the third place always does. If the two top, it's a close battle and they start pushing each other. The door swings open, and some people walk through that door. Let's talk about the 72s. The 72s is the, is the land of Jessica Bittner. If you don't know who Jessica Bittner is, you're probably not following powerlifting. Um, two-time world champion in the juniors. Open IPF world record breaker. Um, actually, did she break the record for deadlift and then take it from Kimberly took it? I can't remember if she... Or if it, I can't recall... Uh... If she has a broken world record, I just yeah, I can't, you know, escapes me. But but I I know she she, I know she medaled uh, silver medal at the world championships. It was a an amazing battle at the seventy twos at the at the world yeah. championships in Sweden. That was probably from my money in terms of top five. I don't think there was a division men or women's that was as stacked as the seventy twos in Sweden. Every single one of those ladies could have won it. To let you know how stacked it was, Anna Rosa Castellane, who was a multiple time world champion inequipped, in classic, failed to, to, to hit the podium, um, and then not long after that broke the total world record that was hit in Sweden, broke the total world record and moved herself number one in the IPF, but in the head-to-head competition, failed to even podium. That's how stacked it is. Where it's so tight, you miss one lift, you're falling right off the podium. That's what the 72-kilo class is when it comes to these ladies. Now, the story with Jessica Bittner, and we've talked about this how big the weight classes are, the difference between 72 kilo and 84 kilo, 12 kilo body weight is monstrous. I mean, that's, that's what, what is that? 25, 20 or more pounds. I mean, that's, that's, that's a total body reconfiguration. So when she's killing herself to make 72 kilo and she does, she kills herself to make 72. But when that's the case, it's not as simple as, well, why don't you just go up a weight class? My friend, you want me to put on 30 pounds? 30 and pounds so, of body weight. Right. So like that's a that's a tough It's not it's not a, it's not a reasonable ask. Yeah, I could go up a weight class. I'm not going to put on 30 pounds of quality and have the same it's going to be diminishing gains. Her her bot her natural operating body weight is heavier than 72, but it's far short than I mean you want to be if you're going to be 84, you're probably going to need to cut a little. You don't want to be 84 in the dots. We're talking more than 12 kilo, you're going to want to put on 14 kilo. Come on, man. You're asking a woman to do that. She's going to, that's a total body reconfiguration. And and how much is her bot? What is the output going to come back in terms of gains at the same ratio that she's getting now? No, it's going to drop off, you know, because that's not how her body is actually made. So she's in a tough situation. And the more she lifts, the more jack she gets. And she's jacked, she's ripped, she's bodied up. It's going to be tougher and tougher to make 72. The older she gets, the more muscle mass she puts on, the more her body matures with this muscle mass. Um, It's a natural side effect of weightlifting. It's going to be tougher and tougher for Jessica to meet 72 kilo. And that's unfortunately going to be one of the storylines. Meet with every single 72 kilo competition that she signs up for. For the Commonwealth Championship 2019, we see her say, to hell with 72. I'll go 84. She was a tiny 84. But nonetheless got to lift without any kind of restraint, so to speak. 
What are you guys anticipating here? She was just for, she weighed in at 77.4, if you're wondering, at the Commonwealth Championships and, and wasn't restrained at all. But wh- how so, are you guys anticipating? I think that the big storyline related to Jessica is uh, last year's fourth place finisher, Alabakova of Russia, blew up as we covered at the uh, European Championships. And the current uh, total world record. Uh, in the 72 kilo class is now held by Lavakova, who was fourth place last year at Worlds uh, at 543 and a half kilos. Jessica at Commonwealths posted a, um, where is she here? 544 and a half kilo total, uh, but as a light, 84. So it will be really interesting to see uh, because as competitive as as last year's Worlds was in the 72 kilo class, this year's going to be even more of a battle. Uh, what Jessica brings to the platform here at Nationals. And I, I think the the second major storyline to watch is uh, Christine Castro, who was nominated in second. 503.5 kilo uh, total. She's still light of the weight class. She's got room to grow. She's a very talented lifter as well. Uh, it'll be interesting to see... Uh, what she's able to, to put on the platform because these are two really, really high quality lifters that uh, Canada has in this division. Yeah. Also, um, about Chris, uh, Castro, Christine, uh, she has posted like PRs in um, well, all of her lifts, so squats, bench, and the lift in the past few weeks. So, on squat, her nominated total was with a 185 kilo squat. And she's posted a 195, so 10 kilo. Uh, bench, uh, she has posted a 102.5, so plus 7.5. And she also delisted 225 in training. So that puts her, her training total uh, around 520, 525. So it's going to be interesting to see how Jessica can maintain our total when uh, going down uh, five kilo body weight. And to give some people a little bit of perspective, um, what was the total that won the U.S. Raw Nationals in 72? Correct me if I'm wrong. It was like 510, somewhere around there. I mean, it wasn't... Um, yeah. So, so to give a little perspective, I mean, Christina Castro, she's right there, world-class... You plop her in the middle of the U.S. Raw Nationals, which is the toughest national-level competition to win, and she could be she could be a favorite, or if not, on the podium in the running, in the conversation, to be winning that as well. I mean, that's how quality Castro is. She just happens to be going up against an absolute phenom in terms of Jessica Bittner. But Christina Castro not only is national, but world-class. Yeah, and she's definitely rising, because when you look at both of them, uh, they're posting about uh, 195 to 200 kilo squat, with, which is re- re- just shy of the world record. The world record is 203.5. Yeah. So they're up there for squat, and Jessica is also known for her deadlift. So if she, they can bring already good squat and good deadlifts, it's, both of them could get medals at Worlds in this class. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be, the winning total of Broad Nationals was 510 kilos by Chloe Dublin. There so. it is, man. Your boy's on, on point today, huh? So, 
<laughs> so there you go. I mean, they're both they're both world class. It's going to be. I want to see what Jessica does. Obviously, five forty four point five. I mean, if she could hit that while cutting to seventy two, it's a bit of a of a tell what to look forward to in Belarus. Having said that, Angelina from Russia, who broke the world record in the European Championships, looked like she had room to spare as well. So it's yeah. not, I mean, like we, we'd said previously, look, you're going to hit the numbers that you're projected if you're not pushed. Neither one of these girls, you never know until they actually step forth on the platform and push each other where their absolute top end is. But it's a bit of a preview. Both yeah. of these women are capable with their previous performances to win the world championships. So it's, it's on several levels, this, this Canadian national championships is important because Jessica yeah. Bittner's total here can really let us know while still hitting 72 kilo, how much strength can she keep? And if she could, if she could maintain 544.5, if it's an unofficial world record total, I mean, sooner or later, the 72 kilo world champion is not going to be Kimberly Walford. You got to think. At some point, Kimberly's going to have to pass the torch. Every year, Kimberly's like, not this year, not today. It's going to happen someday, but not today. When will the rain end? I mean, the 7-2 is getting closer and closer. Go ahead, Gabe. And the fact that Kimberly's uh, main weapon is her deadlift, but it's also Jessica's like strength. So if Jessica can bring her deadlift up just a few kilos, she might be able to close it. Yeah. It's, it's, and Jessica's also like about 15 years younger. Um, Kimberly's born in 78, and Jessica is... I don't know, like 25 range or whatever. So we're talking like more than 15 years between them. So it's, yeah, it, it can't Jessica, go on like this forever. Jessica Deadlift did 243 and a half kilos in Commonwealths. And Kim's world record is 244. So uh, it's, you know, a few years back, you would think it's, it's unthinkable that Kim Walford wouldn't have the final pull at a world championship, the final say in the matter. But uh Perhaps Jessica uh, will soon gain that advantage. It's, yeah, it, it, honestly, I, it, I don't want to keep harping on it, but it will come down to, as the years go by, how hard it gets for her to keep making 72. And it's, her moving to 84, I don't think is, I mean, she, she's just, she's never going to cover that spread in terms of body size. Jessica's jacked up. Jessica's not going to throw on like 30 pounds of body fat just to do it. You know, powerlifting's not worth it. You know what I mean? I think in time she could do it, but like you think said, you think so? I honestly, you think she'll get England, and you're going up against the the, the very best uh, women's lifter in the world, and Amanda Lawrence. If you enter into that right now, so uh, that's a that's a big decision I have to make. You think she could fill out 80, 84 kilo? I don't think so. I honest to God, not <laughs> not not in any. Oh. What's that? I think it's been like many, many years and the the will and drive to do so, uh, she could she could probably do it. Will and drive or gluttony and uh, just smashing food and no longer loving yourself. I mean you're not you're not man, lifestyle changes gotta be made. I just don't know if it's if it's worth it, but whatever. I mean she's got abs on her like crazy. Those are gone. Those are gone. You go yeah, 84. You're going to have to give them up. You're going to have to give up a lot, man. Um, but whatever. And remember, it's a hobby sport where you're giving up. But whatever it is, what it is. We'll see. 
Um, so having said that, yeah, that's by that's it for on several different levels. The 72 kilo women's clash at the Canadian Nationals is important. Um, we have two world class athletes going toe to toe. Either one of them could podium at the World Championships, and possibly an unofficial world record total could be registered. In all eyes on Jessica Bittner in terms of making weight, I don't believe she's ever registered as a 72 and missed weight. I think she's only ever gone, look, I'm going 84, I'm going 84 on purpose ahead of time. So, the thing is, no, that if, if you don't make weight at Nationals, that's, that's it for you. Yeah, you don't lift. Yeah, you don't get the lift later in the day in the next next session up. Like, that's it. Dog, so. I, can't, I can't tell you how pissed off I'd be if Jessica Bittner, I know Castro, big, oh, hell yeah. But I, I would be so upset if Bittner's not in this battle uh, just because she is such a world beater. That'd be a super heavy blow for, for Team Canada in terms of going. I mean, obviously, Castro, phenomenal lifter. I've already said she's likely to podium. But I, if depending on how this shakes up, we might have both of them go to Belarus. Yeah. So we yeah. could have a one-two punch, just like we had a one-two punch in the 57s last year. We could have a one-two punch in the 72s this year. So we don't have to. We can have our cake and eat it too. We could have two world-class lifters. We could, And easily both of these girls can podium at the world championships. They're both that quality. So, yeah, I'd be upset if we missed one of them. But we'll see how it shakes up. I think we're all in agreement. Jessica Bittner is going to be the favorite um, just based off of history. And looking at the numbers, she might be yeah. the number one 72 lifter in the world depending on the given day. But um, we'll have to see. The proof is in the pudding. And it'll be interesting yep. to see what she puts up. Let's talk about the 84s and 84 pluses, gentlemen. What are we looking at here? Yeah, so in the 84-kilo open uh, class, we have Danielle Philbert, uh, nominated at a 487.5-kilo total. And then we have uh, nominated tied for second, Rebecca Adams and Rashina Krzybowski uh, at 455 kilos. Uh, in this situation, my top three would, would be uh, Danielle, and then Rashina appears to have the higher deadlift than uh, Rebecca, so I would pick her as uh, second based on the ability to have the last say in the matter, uh, and then Rebecca as third. Yeah, I, when it comes to a race this tight, I mean, even the deadlift is a little tight if I'm being honest. I would, it is very tight. I mean, the deadlift is even still tight between, you know, Rebecca and Rashina. Danielle is probably the favorite, and rightfully so, but it's going to be a battle for that that silver and that bronze. Um, and that's when I'm not sure who's coming in after them, but when you push each other that tight, it's going to be who goes for nine for nine and stays in the pocket without undershooting, obviously. Let's talk and, about the – oh, sorry, go ahead. A, a notable name that's, that's not in this year's competition is Sarah Cowan who's previously been the uh, queen of that weight class here in Canada. So um, just a, a notable omission from this year's Why lineup. is that? Do you know? Not sure. Okay. Not sure why. But uh, Gabriel, do you have anything to add there? No. Uh, What's the uh, gossip, Gabriel? What's the juicy gossip? <laughs> Nothing. I, I, guess, I guess we have none. I guess, I guess we, we got none. Your, your silence is deafening. All right, let's move to the 84 pluses. So this is always an exciting uh, class at the Canadian Nationals because we have two very, very high-level lifters in uh, Brittany Schlater and Haley Castigno. 
Uh, Brittany is coming in with a 596 kilo uh, total at her last meet, and Haley with a 570 kilo total at her last meet. However, uh, their PB totals, Brittany 610 kilo PB, Haley 600 kilo PB, which of course, then you look at the situation where if Haley were to have her best day and Brittany were to replicate her last meet, now you're looking at Haley coming on top of Brittany. So it's a closer battle than the uh, last meet totals uh, may show. Uh, and it's, it's going to be really interesting to see who's making the most lifts. And uh, in the end, Brittany is going to have the final say in the matter as she has about a 20 kilo advantage over Haley on deadlift. Yeah, 10 kilos when you're already in the 600 kilo range. And let's say 600 kilo totals. Both of these lifters having already crossed that threshold, that these are some strong fucking women. You know, that's, yeah. a, that's a strong women right there. But 10 kilo can easily be crossed when, when you're over in the 600. In terms of percentage wise, yeah. it is going to come down to who's got a good day, who's got a bad day. You just exemplified right there how... One girl's good day can easily beat another girl's not even bad day, but just just quote unquote off day. One thing that's a little more on point, they don't have to cut weight, so that's not a variable. However, we have seen a pretty big discrepancy in terms from one meet to another. Um, I mean, I'm not sure what the background story is there. Some people, you know, travel, lifting, slightly injured, etc. I got no goods on these girls in terms of that, but both of them are full well capable, if I'm not mistaken. Have they, they've both lifted, I know they've lifted internationally. I see Commonwealth Championships on Haley's. And Haley was at the World Championships before as well. Pretty sure I recognize her. She has represented Team Canada, uh, if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, in Colleen, Texas, I believe. Okay. Because I recognize yeah, her name. She finished uh, second at uh, World's Ritz Brittany. She's finished uh, just, uh, just behind Bunny Cabra. Oh, so wow. Okay. So yeah, there you go. With, uh, a 587.5 total, uh, which she uh, won on body weight. So okay. she did second on body weight. Hold up. What world championships was this? And which lift are you talking about, Brittany or Haley? Uh, I'm talking about Brittany Shatter. Um, and it was uh, in Sweden. Oh, no kidding. Okay, so that is, that's why this doesn't come to me. And I'm like, look at if one of them had lost on body weight for the world title. I'm like, how did this slip under my radar? But that is the one um, session I didn't commentate. They gave me one session off in the open, and that's the one. But um, hey, look, well, obviously, there you go. In terms of world class, you get no more world class. Bonica Brown or Bonica Lowe is, you know, in and out of equipment, running a dynasty in terms of the 84 plus, winning title after title, and to take her to body weight. And to lose uh, on... Oh, basically, she, she finished second. Yeah. She finished second on body weight, just behind Bonica. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So these are the, the second and third best lifters in the world in that weight class. Oh, really? Okay. Italy in uh, 2016, Clean Texas, silver medalist at the World Championship for Canada in the Open. And then in Belarus, third place in the Open. And in Calgary, third place in the Open. So we're looking at like 
two of the top three lifters in the world this yeah. week been going at it, which is quite exciting for Canadian powerlifting. Yeah, well, whoever wins, this is obviously looking like a heavy favorite to bring back a medal in Belarus. And it's kind of like the 72s where whoever wins it is right up in the mix in terms of, you know, it's a battle at the top between two world-class athletes who can easily podium a medal. It'll be interesting to see when it comes time to um, team selection, who makes that extra spot. Well, I think those, you know, those medal positions are, are incredibly valuable on points for us. So uh, you could envision a scenario where, uh, athletes like Christine Castro and whoever ends up facing uh, athletes like Christine Castro or Jessica Bittner, whoever that uh, whoever ends up facing first and second in that class, uh, and who ends, whoever ends up facing first and second in this class, you could foresee scenarios where uh, perhaps they end up on the team because uh, those are very valuable points for us. Like you're not only battling the person in your weight class, you're battling the the ladies in the other weight class as well, trying to fight to get to the world championships. Cause you know, if you go to the world championships, you're likely to medal. So this means a lot. It's not just a, not just a medal at the nationals. It's possibly a medal at the worlds. How do they do team selection? Is it the Carpino method as well? I, I don't recall that Canada uses the Carpino method. Uh, I believe it was based on points. Uh, do you have points? The, uh, um, as far as, I remember from last year because of uh, Amelie, um, they're taking the first, and if the first is not going, they're looking at points. But so, but aren't, don't they have an extra seven weight classes? Eight ladies go, so one weight class is double. Or my that line? that was the rule for juniors. Okay, but, uh, not open. We'll see if they they put it for open. Okay, and it and is if the case. There's always Maria. Maria, that might take that spot. Ah, so. uh, you're right. Let's double back there. Thank you, sir. Uh, I would hope Maria's going to have some concessions here and um, yeah. they'll do what they do. It is, because it is Belarus. I mean, I, I went to Belarus before to lift at the Worlds in 2017. And there's a lot of, man, you got to get visas and a lot of jumping through hoops. It's a little different depending on where you're at with, in the World Championships when they go. It's, it's harder for some nations, you know, we, we, we have to go through some visas and we have to go through, you know, it's, it's a lot, there's, there's some protocol and, and it's not necessarily cheap. Um, the flights, time off work, et cetera. So it depends there 100% you could get on as an alternate. And the ultimate case is LS McLean twice with the U S national team twice went on as an alternate fourth alternate. He needed not only the champion to bow out, he needed three people ahead of him to bow out. Then he makes the team and twice and win. wins the world championships. Yeah. I mean, it's the, uh, it's the ultimate underdog story. He gives every single person who ever ends up on the alternates hope. I remember actually Caffey who had to step out. He was on the men's preview show, but he couldn't make this one because he's training for the Nationals. But I remember him being an alternate and telling him, hang tight, man, because it's, you never know. You never, like, I, it happens every single world championships, almost right down to the last alternate. And what do you know? He ends up going to the world championships, breaking a world record and meddling in the deadlifts and blah, blah, blah. So, um, yeah, yeah you, you can never count it out. You got to do your best. And especially with, uh, you know, the women's side having this kind of caliber world class. Um, I think if I'm not, mis if I'm looking at this, I think we have more opportunity to meddle in the women's Canadian national team than the men's. Now, we don't, our teams aren't set in stone, but just looking at the potential in terms of what they're facing 
on the global scale, historically speaking. I think the women's Canadian national team looks more likely to bring in a medal haul. What does it look like for you guys? It, it does seem that way to me as well. Uh, I think especially on the women's side here in Canada, uh, we're especially strong. Uh, I'm going to look at the, the team results for the women's team uh, to see where we placed it at last year's Worlds. Uh, last year we finished second behind the USA. Damn, that's not well, bad at all. Yeah. Uh, and and yeah, it, it seems like there hasn't been a lot of a change, if not uh, work progress made uh, this year. Uh, yeah, uh, four medals, yeah, as well. We had four medals last year out of seven weight class. Yeah, so that's and one for one for position, so could be five. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, uh, it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes up, gentlemen. And who do we want to do picks for best lifter? I mean, you would have to say on the men's side, probably whoever ends up winning the uh, 83 kilo category uh, looks to be best lifter pick. Oh, uh, snap. I was going to say, hey, listen, you know my pick is King Calf, our boy from King of Lifts. If he wins the 83 kilo title and best lifter, I'm not even going to be able to fit his head in this room to do a podcast. <laughs> this dude's, this dude is, uh, we, we're, I'm saying he's rookie of the year when in his first year of powerlifting he goes to the world champ, makes it all the way to worlds and breaks a world record. If in his second year he's breaking, you know, he's, he's winning national championships and best lifter going to worlds. Oh my God. But we'll see. But you're right. I mean, in terms of how IPF points work, He'd be up there. He'd be. It's gonna be. It's gonna be tight. But we'll see how it shakes up. And then I, I think the the winner of the seventy two kilo category uh, will be the women's best slipper of our uh, of our nationals this year. I, yeah. I would, yeah, I would say Jessica Bittner's a pretty heavy favorite if she could pull off the same totals that she's had as a late eighty four. Yeah, that should be that should be a wrap for yeah. that. Those would be my picks. You you uh, agree there, Gabe, or what are you thinking, sir? Uh, I think it's pretty uh, hard to bet against Jessica. Yeah. How about for the men, sir? Uh, I'll say the same thing, the winner of 83. Or maybe if Connor Luce pull uh, a big meet out of the 74, could be possible. Let's see. Sure. If, uh, I, I, I just got word that uh, Ben Langley posted uh, an awful big squat in training, his final workout uh, <laughs> before the meet. So uh, I don't think that 74 kilo class is wrapped up yet. Yeah, right. What was it? I can't say. Oh, uh, you, you did. Did you say he posted or he, like, did he post no, for public? This is behind the scenes. Oh, you give us a little. He's all excited. He's like, Ben hit this, but I'm not going to say what it was. Oh, okay, okay. Little, we'll, we'll be watching. Time, time yeah. will tell, my friend. Time will tell. Well, listen, gentlemen, I know you guys put a lot into this, uh, these preview shows. This is well scouted. I mean, I don't think you get, you can't ask for too much more than that. We hit every single storyline, all the major showdowns, who to watch, and a little bit of a preview for what to look forward to towards the world championships. Um, we'll see how the national team gets shaken up. We'll see who gets selected. You know, we'll see who's the alternates and then how the alternates end up, who makes it onto the team, who doesn't, who drops out, who doesn't. And then the big, 
the big question mark around Maria T and hopefully something gets sorted out for Maria. Absolutely. And uh, we'll see everyone in Winnipeg next week. Ryan, will you be there? No, sir. I'm going to go to, um, uh, I think I can say it. I'm going to go, I'm going to be at the SBD Invitational and then, okay. and then the Master Worlds and then um, the World Championships in Belarus. So, I mean, I'm pretty tapped out with my travel. That's like basically every month or every other month international. Gotcha. So, um, so that said, I would like to, I mean, I have, it's been a minute since I missed the nationals, but maybe next year. Do you know, I guess they'll sort out at the nationals where it's going to be the following year, right? Or are they already kicking around where it might be? As far as uh, where it is? 2021, I, I, yeah. I've heard that. Isn't that at the athletes general uh, meeting? Uh, at I'm the nationals? Say. Yeah, I'm gonna be at the meeting, so maybe I can uh, tell you some information after. Let us know, my man. Let us know. Sounds good. Well, listen. And, and how does anybody reach you guys if um, if they need handling, coaching, online services, or anything with the strength guys? Okay, go ahead. First off, uh, so MPS training at Instagram on our uh, website is uh, sthpargym.com. And you're actually starting a gym just outside Montreal as well, correct? Uh, yeah, yeah, should be opening uh, in uh, the summer 2020. So uh, okay. we're currently finalizing uh, everything and finding the place to to open. But uh, yeah, should be open. And we are also applying for 2022 Central Championship here in uh, Saint Hyacinthe near Montreal. So uh, we'll see Monday if uh, we get a bid for this competition. Nice. Yeah, um, we we first found out about Gabe. Uh, he's the coach of the fifty-two uh, kilo junior national and world champion uh, Emily Hichard Puente uh, of Quebec, and uh, that's how we met Gabe. And now he actually is one of the athletes who trains under uh, Ben Esco and I. So uh, he's also a competitive powerlifter as well. Um, as for us, you can follow us at Strength Guys. If you want to follow the uh, other project, which I mentioned that Nicola is leading up, uh, our sister company is at the Strength Gals as well on Instagram. Um, and we hope everyone enjoyed uh, our preview show. We put a lot of effort into these, take a lot of pride in, uh, you know, helping to shine a light on uh, the hardworking individuals who make our sport awesome. So. Uh, thank you everyone for listening and if you enjoyed the episode leave us some feedback and uh, share it around quick question before we bounce um, is there any juniors or masters we should we should be paying attention to I would have to uh, give we- a shout out to our, our strength guys uh, lifter Tori Perrier in the 52 kilo junior category she's got a she's got a great bench like could be potentially over uh, 90 kilos in her second year as a 52 kilo junior competitor um, and is is inching ever closer towards that uh, 400 kilo mark. So she's a great lifter and she was runner up to uh, Emily, who's world champion uh, last oh, yeah. year. So um, I would give a shout out to Tori. Yeah. And uh, she's probably looking at to beat the two national records from my year. So we'll see. Uh, Mine currently all the squat and bench, but I, I'll say uh, Tori's got the bench uh, pretty uh, in the back for this year national. We'll see yeah. if uh, she plays safe for squats, uh, but yeah, Tori's like coming up. 
like pretty young also for a junior she's like what 19 years old uh, or just turning 20 so she yeah here's ahead of her Canada's young and, and very promising uh, lifters so Perfect. Well, listen, gentlemen, much appreciated. I know you guys put like eight hours each into these scouting shows and it shows, man. I mean, we got, we got, I think we covered all the major storylines until next time. Good luck out there. Um, we'll do a little recap looking back and when the Canadian national teams assessed and obviously leading into the world championships, when we do that preview show, we're going to take a look at every nation's nominations and see how it shakes up. Thank you very much, fellas. Have a good one. Thanks. See you. And there it is. The 2020 Canadian Nationals previews for the women's. And, uh, man, Canada's got some stars coming. You know, from top to bottom, a lot of these ladies have already medaled on the world scene. And uh, they got a big medal haul. And on top of that, some of these girls came real close, coming in fourth place. All it takes is one extra lift. Someone misses, you hit, and you hit the podium. So we'll see how it shakes up. By all means, please give us high ratings. Put this into your Instagram stories and let everybody know because the lifters themselves deserve the exposure. And it only helps out the sport of powerlifting itself. From your boy, Six Pack Lap at Until next time, peace.